This morning, looking at Mark, the Gospel of Mark, we read these words. Jesus is speaking here. He says, for even the Son of Man. Now, this is a phrase that Jesus used in referring to himself. It's kind of interesting as you read the Gospels that he didn't refer to himself as the Son of God. You know, I would have thought, you know, hey, I'm the son of God, you know, because that would have been very unusual to be referred to as the son of God. But you have to understand from God's perspective, from Jesus' perspective, what was odd and amazing was that he was the son of man. That was the amazing thing to him. He's always been God, but to actually become flesh and to walk among us, that was the outstanding thing about himself. So he always referred to himself as the son of man. This is the amazing thing that I'm here as a man. But referring to himself, he says, for even the son of man did not come to be served, but he came to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Now, we live very much today in a consumer culture. It's all about us being served. Everything that we look at, all the ads that we see on television, uh, the the culture in which we live is all about me, 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 getting what I want, when I want, the way I want it. You can't just have a burger. You got to have it your way. You know, it's, it's very important that everything's customized for us. We need everything to be customized in our lives. Um, I speak a lot, uh, as, as you know, about marriage and, and relationships. You know, just, just in marriage, people come into marriage with a very customized view of things. What I want, when I want it, the way I want it. Uh, last week, I was uh, at Liberty University in uh, Virginia, one of the largest uh, evangelical Bible colleges in, in the world. And the, the uh, rally, the, the chapel that I was at where I spoke to the kids had 7,000 young people in it. I mean, it was really quite a dramatic experience, great fun. But, uh, of course, you know, I freaked out most of them. <laughs> Because, you know, nobody's more idealistic than a college-age student, you know. Ah, you know, their little drug-induced state, you know, especially when it comes to romance. It's all about romance, soulmates, and all the other nonsense. And, and one of the big things today, I hope you aren't doing this, but one of the big things today is that, uh, especially among women, they, they sit down and they write out all the things they're looking for in the ideal man. And uh, uh, they're very, very particular. And what's amazing is how many of them will tell you about the many pages that they have. Pages that they have. Good grief. Who comes up with pages? And what? I tell you, the longer your list, the more miserable you're going to be. My list going into marriage was pretty short. Woman. Uh, <laughs> pretty much wraps it up, you know. So this, this whole thing of this, well, I want this, and I'm expecting this, and I need this, and I, 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 I. Instead of going into a marriage saying, how can we build a life together? What do I have to bring into this thing so that I can serve and build something significant? Instead, we think, what can I get out of this deal? And this affects, again, every area of our lives, and it also affects the way we approach church. Now, uh, I mentioned to you that uh, at the beginning of the year that we're going to be talking a lot this year about what it means to be 
a church, what it means to be a real church. One of the problems that we have today is that we come into the Christian community, the Christian church, with very much the same idea of being consumers, being served in a certain way. We've created consumer Christianity, a religion, by the way, that if you read it, is anything but consumer Christianity. It's about serving and giving to others, even as Jesus says, I didn't come to serve, be, be served. I came to serve others. How, despite what the Bible teaches, we've created consumer Christianity is quite stunning when you think about it. And let's be honest. Most of us come to a particular church because we feel it meets a certain basic need that we have. And that's okay. That's fine. This is often how we begin uh, a walk or, or becoming part of a, a Christian uh, community is we find something about that community that really appeals to us. And every church has different things that appeal to different people. Uh, here at Celebration Church, we've got different things that appeal to people. Some, for some, it's the music. They love the music and the, the freedom during the worship service. And that's very appealing to them. And it meets some fundamental need that they have in their life. That's great. That's fine. For some, it's the uh, children's ministries that we have for, uh, for young people. And um, we have some fabulous children's ministries here. It's not unusual to have children dragging their parents to church. Around here, which is very different. You know, usually you've got to drag your kids to church, kicking and screaming against their wills. Here, it's kids dragging their parents who are going, I want to sleep in, I want to sleep in. Stop. Come on, we got to go. Because they love being a part of it. Well, this is great. For some, it's the preaching. Some of you like me. You know, the way that we approach things and talk to people and trying to be very real. And, and obviously we got a certain, I'm not everybody's cup of tea, I get that. And uh, the uh, way that, that I minister and try to keep people awake. <laughs> you know, and we laugh a lot around here. You know, there's a lot of laughing in this church. You know, there's some people who just don't like that. They don't, I don't like all this laughing. <laughs> what would God think? <laughs> you know. A lot of people, they look like they've been baptized in prune juice. You know? It's very serious, very serious ministry. Very, very serious. And they don't like it because we lighten up a bit. By the way, humor and truth are not exclusive. Good grief. It's like, you know, when we were growing, remember when we were growing up, some of you geezers like me, medicine couldn't possibly be good if it tasted good. You remember that? The more horrid that it tasted... The better it had to be. If you were choking and gagging, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. (coughs) (coughs) Oh, that's good for me. You know what I'm saying? We don't quite think that way today, but, you know. We have come to the point where people come to church, again, meeting a basic need. That is fine. That is fine. But it cannot stay there. If it stays there, that is a bad thing. For us, If we stay to the point where it's just about me and what I want and the way that I want it, it's amazing to hear people in all kinds of churches complain bitter, they find something that they just rail on, uh, 
But if you've been part of a Christian community for a while, there should be really much less talk about me, 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 me. Peter writes about this. He says, as you come to him, talking about Jesus, the living stone, rejected by men, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. In the Old Testament, they would offer up uh, physical sacrifices, lambs and bulls and stuff like that. But when Jesus came, he was the Lamb of God who took away the sins of the world. He was the final sacrifice. Now we offer up a different kind of sacrifice. When we come to worship, we offer up praise and we offer up our time and our finances. Things that we sacrifice to God in praise and worship to him. These are our spiritual sacrifices. But I love the analogy. He says, you are like stones that are built together. Now, stones in and of themselves are really not all that impressive. I mean, whatever campus you're in this morning or you look at this place, you know, there's not any one particular brick that you would look at and go, wow, that's, that's, that's an incredible brick. What a brick. You know, nobody thinks like that. But it's when all the bricks are put together and all the elements that come together, you look and go, wow. Wow. See, so it should be with us on an individual basis. There may not be any of us that are all that incredibly impressive. If you feel like, gee, I, I'm not really that much Welcome to the family, you know? Welcome to Celebration Church. If you really walk in here thinking, I am really something. I really have some special things from God. You know, go somewhere else. You know, it's like, chill out a little bit. You know, we're not nearly as impressed with you as you are, and God isn't either. So I just feel like a brick. Welcome to the family. We're just a bunch of bricks. And we get built together. Again, it's not one thing that makes this building what it is. It's not, you know, that brick or, or that light or that decoration on the back wall or, or this piece of carpet. I don't know what they were thinking with this carpet. <laughs> Seriously, doesn't it look like an acid trip gone bad? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If you stare at it too long, you start to hallucinate. Whoa. I wasn't around when they did the carpet. But uh, but it's not the one thing. It's a combination of things that together build something. And it becomes something. That's what true Christianity is supposed to be about. That's what real church is supposed to be about. Little bricks that all are building something together. Again, by ourselves. Not all that impressive. But building something. Uh, and taking satisfaction that we are building something and not just what I want, what I want, what I need, what I need. You start thinking about what I need and start complaining what I'm not getting, especially if you've been here for a while, shame on you. Stop thinking about you so much. You know, people, we spiritualize our selfishness. You know, we're very spiritual. You know, I'm not getting enough, enough of God in this area. I'm not getting enough Enough of the word, you know, will come. I'm not getting off a word, any more of the word, you know, as if I'm reading from the New York Times or something. I mean, every Wednesday night we teach the Bible, go through the entire Bible verse by verse. Apparently that's not enough of the word for people. Any more of the word. How about, how about not having such an attitude of gimme, 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 and start thinking more about how I can give 
to others. Paul uses this analogy of the human body. Peter talks about bricks. Paul uses the analogy of the body. He's just as each of us has one body with many members. We have many different parts of our bodies. Is it really dark in here? Is it? Can you push a button back there or something? I feel like I'm in a closet. I know it's going to screw up the cameras, but... A little more light. little more. little more. There, thank you. I can read the thing now. Give him a hand back there. I feel like, I feel like a mole in here. Trying to... So he uses the analogy of the body. Back to the sermon. Just as each of us has one body with many different members, and these members do not all have the same function. You know, the toe doesn't do the same thing the nose does, and the nose doesn't do the same thing the ear does, and and the hands, they're all, all individual things, but they're all important. So in Christ, we who are many form one body. We don't all have the same function. Okay, but we all are necessary to make up the body. And he uses this, he says, um, so in Christ, many, we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to the, all the others. So there's a sense of, I belong to everybody else. I belong to this place. You see, it's not so much that it all belongs to me, this needs to be here for me. That preacher does. I didn't like that preacher, but I like this other preacher better. And this guy I don't like. And, this, and I didn't like the way this was. And it should have been this one. Instead of thinking that what I, 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 I get, real church, real Christianity becomes more that I belong to everything else here. That I'm a part of what's going on here. That I'm needed here. That I'm vital here. And we all have our different roles. Again, toes are different than eyes. Everybody sees the eyes. Nobody sees toes. Unless you're wearing sandals or something this morning. Yeah, but hey, but we need it all. It's really hard to walk if you've got a sore toe. You ever notice that? It's like, it just messes up the whole thing. Your hands are flying. Your arms are flying. It's like this. Just because of a toe. You don't normally walk around like that. Hey, how you doing? Good to see you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but you do that if you've got a sore toe. Or a knee. Or something else. You know, we all belong to each other. If one part gets hurt, the rest of the body gathers around to try and help it. If you smash your thumb, you don't, everybody doesn't start yelling at the thumb. You stupid idiot, you got in the way. The toe doesn't say, I wasn't there. I don't know what he's thinking. No, it all goes, ow, 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 ow. And it gathers around and it pays attention because it's part of this. It's part, when somebody walks in the door, you don't go, hey, there's the eyeball. (laughs) I don't know, it depends on your eyeball, I suppose. But, uh, you know, there's the nose, you know. There's the person, you see the person. These are all just parts that make up a person. That's what church is supposed to be. And again, a sense of belonging to each other. Now, this doesn't happen overnight. But this is the direction we need to go if we're going to truly grow in as, as a real church. The, the toe doesn't get mad and just gets ticked off and leaves the foot. Okay, but we have a lot of that in Christianity today. We have people who 
you know, they, they just stay in this consumer mode. And as long as they're getting their itch scratched, then okay, I'll stick around. As soon as they're not, then I'm out of here. You know, it's, it's really a culture of divorce. That's why people walk out of relationships. That's why husbands walk out on their children. That's why, uh, you know, people walk in and out of church. Why? Because I'm going to get what I want. I don't care. You know, we need to think differently than that. We need to think, I belong to them. I belong to them. When you start thinking in those terms, that's when things start really beginning to change. At some point, if we are going to be the kind of church, or any church is going to be the kind of church that God wants it to be, I must transition to us. Again, in the beginning, it's all about I and me and my needs. I get it. That's fine. That's normal. But we need to grow. The I needs to start being less I and more about us. Again, so disturbed when I hear Christians who've been involved in churches for 5, 10, 16, 20 years still talking about, well, I didn't like this. I like I, 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 I. it's it's all about I to these people it's like how can you still be here this long and not get it how can anybody be that long in any church and still be talking I, 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 I all the time it has to start transitioning to us meet my needs must be replaced by the desire to meet the needs of others instead of being In, in, instead of concerning about, you know, I'm not getting fed, you're more concerned about feeding other people. Instead of complaining, I'm not getting ministered properly to, you're more concerned about ministering to other people. One of the signs of incredibly narcissistic, self-centered people who have not grown in their faith is an overwhelming propensity to talk about themselves. What they need. And I, of course they spiritualize it. You know, it's very spiritual. I, I need this very spiritual thing. It's spiritual. But it's just, it's just selfishness. It's time that we move past selfishness. If we're going to be the kind of people that God can really bless. So we read about what Peter said and, and Paul said. And then uh, Jesus has this great analogy. He says in the Gospel of John. He says, I tell you the truth. <laughs> he has to say that because he knew people wouldn't believe him. Because I'm telling you the truth. Unless a kernel of wheat, this little seed, falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if, and the underlying word there should be if, if it dies, it produces many seeds. If the seed will go into the ground and transition and become the plant, it, the seed basically dies and becomes something else. It looks totally different. Then it brings forth many seeds, much life. But as long as you're determined to stay the one seed, you stay lonely. You're a single seed. The world is full of incredibly lonely people. Even in churches with so many people around them, they're still extremely lonely. People in marriages who stay In spite of that marriage and family, they're so lonely because they're seeds that will not die to themselves. They refuse to transition into the kind of life God intends for them. But it's hard and it takes time. It takes time to transition. You don't just plant a seed and all of a sudden the next day, boom, there's the plant. 
Okay, it happens when you're not even paying attention. It just takes time. I don't know if you've ever had a kindergartner or something come home with a little styrofoam cup with a seed in it. You know, it's supposed to water and, and stuff like that. Well, some of them never turn into plants because the kindergartner keeps digging up the seed. You know what I'm saying? The next day, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? You know, leave it alone. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? You know, it's like us. God plants us and we keep crawling out of the dirt to look around. And he shoves us back in the dirt and we crawl back up. So God says, stay down there. It's dark in here. It's called, I'm bored. Hello, die already, transition. See, a lot of churches, they're, they're just a collection of seeds in a tin, you know. There's, now, there might be lots of them, there might be a few of them, it doesn't really matter, but there's, there's not really a lot of life coming out of it. It's just this collection of individual seeds, they're all happy in their little tins, and they rattle around. When if they would transition out of being served to serving others, when they transition out of just concerned about what I get and how my needs and how I'm getting fed and start feeding and ministering and caring for others. It's the difference between a, a bunch of seeds in a tin or in a bag and seeds that are planted in the ground that bring forth all this life and all this food and all this energy that can feed so many and look so beautiful. What we need to do is say, Lord, help me to transition. Help me to let go and let God in my life. Help me to quit being so focused on me. Now again, this is much easier said than done. Without question. Dying is hard. Nobody wants to die. Who wants to die? You don't want to die unless you're really depressed or in terrible pain. People don't walk around thinking, gee, I wonder if I'll be dead today. It'd be great. You know, if anything, people are fighting like crazy not to die. That's why people do what they do. You start drowning in the water, you just don't roll up your arms and go, okay, see ya, and float to the bottom. You're trying as hard as you can. Why? Everything in you wants to stay alive. It's the human nature. And just like physically, it's our nature to thrash about, to stay physically alive. The same is true of our selfish nature. The problem is that part needs to die. That part needs to surrender. We need to let go and let God in our lives. We need not to be just a box of seeds. What we need to become is our seeds that are planted in the ground, bringing forth new life, die to our singular existence and give birth to others. Because when we start doing that, that's the power of Christianity. See, the, way, the reason the early Christians changed the world is they didn't care about themselves. If you stop and think about it, again, we got a long way to go. We're not going to get there tomorrow, I promise you. But as long as we can start going, what, cha- what was amazing about them is they didn't care about them. These were people who willingly laid down their lives. Some of them tortured, some of them thrown to lie. Some, but it changed the world because nobody had seen people like this because everybody at the end of the day all they really care about is themselves but then comes along Jesus and he teaches people 
to not think in those terms, but to lay down their lives for others. This is what changed the world as we knew it 2,000 years ago. And I'm telling you, it's what needs to happen today. And we need to be patient. We need to grow. We need to stick in the dirt. And it takes time to transition. And we'll be there to minister to you and help you and encourage you through the process. But we've got to get a mindset. Lord, help me to let go and not be afraid. It's easy to be afraid. I mean, the reality is you don't have to be alive very long to have the world just kick the dickens out of you. Some of you have been hurt by people, lied to by people, deserted by people, cheated on by people. The list goes on and on and on, abused by people. It doesn't take long before you get a sense of, man, I have to watch out for me. And I get that, and I understand that. But if we're really going to be the kind of people God wants us to be, we've got to transition out of that and to trust him to let go and to let new life birth out of us because that's what he wants to do. I'm going to invite the ushers to come at this time to uh, get ready to serve communion this morning and our musicians can come back and the lights can go back to where they were. We usually bring it down quieter for communion time. I want to read this verse that we started out with again. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, Jesus said, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. See, that's the real kicker. Jesus came to give his life that we might have new life. He's the Lamb of God who took away the sins of the world. The final sacrifice. By giving his life, we are able to have life. This is what Jesus did on the cross 2,000 years ago. That's what we celebrate during communion. When we take communion, it's our time to focus on the fact that Jesus died for us. His body was broken so we could be whole. His blood was shed so we could have forgiveness of our sins. And that's what we celebrate as we take the body, the blood of Christ in communion this morning. My question to you is, you're sitting here is have you experienced this forgiveness in your life have you really experienced God in your life you know a lot of people they hear about God they might believe in God but have you really experienced God that's where a lot of people go no not really see that's why Jesus died not so that God could be out there a gazillion miles away from you but that he could be right here right now with you That's the power of the cross. That's the power of the blood of Jesus in our lives. He sets us free from the guilt and the punishment of sin. If you've never really surrendered your heart to Jesus, I'm going to invite everybody to bow your heads in a word of prayer with me this morning. If you've never truly surrendered your heart to Jesus, I'm going to pray a prayer and I'm going to invite all of you to repeat this prayer after me. But if you'll believe this sincerely from the bottom of your heart, if you're willing to turn away from what you know is wrong in your life and put your faith In this wonderful Jesus, you can begin your new life of faith this morning. Let's pray this prayer together. Say, dear Jesus, I believe you are the son of God. And that you loved me so much. You went to the cross. And you took my punishment. I ask you to come into my life. And to forgive me of my sins. I now surrender myself to you. Amen.